The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Hey, what's up, Pelicans fans? Welcome to The Bird Rights. My name is Preston Ellis, and I am the host for the new home to all things Pelicans on Nothing But Net Network here on Dash Radio. Follow us at The Bird Rights and get all the latest on your Pelicans at TheBirdRights.com. up Pels fans welcome to a special edition of the bird calls podcast i'm your host preston else today we are speaking with former pelicans espn beat writer and current editor to the ringer.com of the nba division that's justin varrier justin thank you so much for taking the time sir thank you for having me how are you oh man i'm so good uh it's saturday it's actually uh kind of crisp over here in orlando we got 57 degrees i'm sure you guys are probably in the 70s year round right yeah, it's been a little chilly, but I did see... I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. That, uh, the New Orleans Baton Rouge area got snow to the point where someone I follow on Snapchat like actually drove up to Baton Rouge to see the snow. So that, that must be fun for them. Yeah, it's really great, actually. My parents lost their minds two days ago. I think it's the first time it's snowed in New Orleans in 10 years. I'm, I'm totally doing that off the cuff. But uh, my parents don't don't very often send me text messages of snow falling in uh, city parks. So that was super exciting. But I guess, what sure. what has the first holiday season been like in, in Los Angeles? Do you miss New Orleans or Connecticut up there? Oh, uh, you know what? I, I feel kind of comfortable back here, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I grew up on, on the coast, as you mentioned. I grew up in Connecticut, and then I moved out here. So New Orleans was always a little bit different for me. Um, you know, I loved the people there. I had a lot of uh, good memories about my time there. And honestly, it feels like it was 20 years ago now, even though it was only a few months. Uh, but, you know, I, th- I think not sweating <laughs> in, like, September ha- has really done uh, good things for, for me. So that it's been great so far. I'm, I'm kind of glad where I am now. I'm sure it must all feel like a whirlwind at this point. You were in New Orleans for a few years and then this summer had to pack it all up and move up to Los Angeles. For those of you guys who don't know a little background on Justin, a double major from Connecticut in journalism and English, started out as an intern for ESPN before working with leaders in the industry that most people know like Henry Abbott and Kevin Arnovitz, then came down to New Orleans and now in LA uh, setting up shop 
with uh, The Ringer. How how has it been adjusting and transitioning, uh, not only to a new job, but just to a new way of life, packing up everything and just moving it across the country again? Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of comfortable. Uh, unlike going to New Orleans or going to Los Angeles originally, uh, there was a lot of culture shock there for both moves and kind of just an adjustment period. But since I had lived out here four years before I had moved down to New Orleans, uh, it really kind of felt like getting back to what I knew and, and kind of what I was used to. I'm working more of a editorial schedule, uh, which is what I was primarily doing at ESPN. I kind of wrote more on the side before I took over on the Pell's beat. So I don't know. It was, it was kind of just like it was easing back into a routine that felt pretty comfortable. And uh, that's probably why it, it, it's been so nice so far. That's awesome, man. Uh, we mentioned off air that you're technically off today, though I'm sure you guys uh, pretty much work around the clock 24-7. Uh, but I wanted to mention to you that I had my honeymoon actually in Catalina Island just uh, two months ago off Huntington Beach. Mm. I would highly recommend that in case uh, you ever do have the spare time to to actually unplug and turn off your phone and get away from this constant sports media engine that seems to be going around the clock. Um, if you ever do, sure. just... Highly recommend. It has a very like Truman show. I can't remember the name of the island that that uh, takes place in, but it's somewhere in Florida, but it has a very similar feel. Anyway, uh, people okay. are here to listen about the Pelicans. So let's let's get on to that. Uh, before we move on to last night's play and your overall impression of the Pelicans, though, uh, what we were just talking about was with some of the logistics of a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, there's there's more that you guys can follow if you want to check out an article by Melissa Fink on the UConn website, just going into to further uh, explanations of what Justin does on a day-to-day on -day basis. To go further into that, the average sports fan is becoming smarter every day with the availability of sites like Clean the Glass and NBA.com slash stats, team rankings, NBA Wowie, stuff that I'm not even familiar with. And you confessed in your interview with Melissa Fink, and Bill Simmons talked about this a little bit uh, yesterday on NBA Potters. How does a, a top-level NBA sports writer like you stay ahead of the curve with with new available statistics every day and opportunities for consuming information for fans? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, that was a, that interview was a little while ago, a few years ago. So things have even kind of spun forward ever since. I, I remember when 82games.com was kind of the big groundbreaking one. And, and now you look at that site, it looks like it was, it was made on a GeoCities page. Um, I think a lot of it is honestly just keeping your nose to the, to the grindstone, kind of like keeping your eye out for things like, some people, like the, the Ben Fox of the world, the Kevin Pelton, they're, they're on top of these things as soon as they pop, and uh, they'll link off to things. And, and from there, I think it's just more about uh, being engaged in the conversation, uh, which is a, kind of a good tip for just anybody. I think if you want to be uh, knowledgeable, informed on anything, it just takes a lot of just kind of like diving right into it and, and making sure you're like enveloped in that world, I guess. All right, we're talking to Justin Verrier on the Bird Rights here on Nothing But Net Network here on Dash Radio. Uh, Justin, let's let's finally get to the Pelicans. Uh, there's been a spotlight on Boogie and AD all offseason into the regular season. Can they make it work? Do they have enough time to save the city from, from losing Anthony Davis as well as uh, Boogie Cousins this offseason? If I can make a, a left turn real quick and mention uh, Zach Lowe's podcast yesterday with Kevin Arnovitz, he almost like uttered disdain with how excited fans get over player movement in reference to the to the Okafor uh, Booker trade that happened the other day. Every Every single day, teams like the Thunder and the Pelicans are just pelted with these questions is this the end of a boogie or ad and nola how has the frenzy 
behind LeBron's decision and the movement of KD, PG, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, Chris Paul, and and other superstar swaps changed the way we follow and the way you report on the NBA? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, I, I definitely changed things. Uh, I mean, I remember being at ESPN when the whole decision thing happened, and I don't think things have ever been the same to a, to a large degree. Uh, I, I think, for one, it just it impacted the way guys view free agency, the way they view player movement. I think guys are much more concerned with their own agency, uh, which I think is a very great thing to see. Like, the way LeBron views himself, it's almost like he is his own business. And, like, he is not only the franchise, but he is a franchise unto himself. So not just uh, just a main player for a team. He is, like, everything. And you've seen the way he's kind of picked up and moved and essentially brought like a contender status to Cleveland as soon as he got there. Uh, And then he might do the same with the Lakers or wherever he goes next year, or even if he stays there. So there's so much power there. And it seems like guys are kind of embracing that power. And it's been great to see on the reporting end of it. uh, You know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I think like you look at this off season, there's so much stuff happening uh, and it's exhausting to, to follow. I mean, guys like Zach and Brian Windhorst, you hear them kind of, griping about how, how their their off seasons and their summer plans kind of get interrupted. And like, I get it. Like I'm not to that level. They do uh, a lot more of the kind of transactional reporting than, than I've ever really done. So uh, I definitely feel for them there, but on the same, like on the same hand, like the league has never been more interesting. Like I was just listening to Bill Simmons's podcast uh, with, with Jason Gay and, and Brian Curtis, just about the media. And they're saying, you know, like even though the ratings are still with the NFL, the NBA is much more kind of dynamic. It's much more like what people are gravitating to, especially younger, uh, more internet savvy kind of viewers. So uh, I'm actually excited about it. I like it when these guys change teams. And just look at early in the season. I wanted to see all these new faces in new places. Awesome. Again, we're talking to Justin Ferrier. This is Nothing But Net Network on Dash Radio. Now, the Pelicans sit at 13-13. and 13. I don't know if you got a, a chance to watch much of the game last night uh, in overtime, the, the Randolph uh, versus Boogie matchup. Did you catch any of that? I saw the end of it, and I definitely rewatched the clip of uh, Zach Randolph saying the, the bullies get bullied at least 10 times when it came across my uh, my Twitter feed. Yeah, a lot of people are using that as an opportunity to to kind of, uh, I guess, bully up on Boogie right now. Uh, as as you mm. guys probably know, the Pelicans were up by 10, and Zach Randolph put in 35 points. They ended up winning by seven in overtime. And Alvin Gentry was, was fuming after the game and ultimately just left the press conference midway through. And Boogie was quoted saying... They kicked our ass. Justin, it's it's just one game. The Warriors lost to these same Kings about a week ago, and the Kings were just a last-minute heroic from uh, upsetting the Cavs in the middle of their own 13-win uh, streak. But plus, plus the Pels were without Rajon Rondo, who's led them to decisive victories over the Suns, Spurs, Nuggets, and a come-from-behind victory over the Thunder. But even you referenced the, uh, quote, the razor-thin margin of error for a franchise with playoff expectations, just referencing how how desperate the Pelicans are right now. Is the pressure of a must-win season ultimately going to break these guys' backs, or do you think there is legitimate concern over losses like this one, or do we just make too much of one game? Uh, you know, I think we're at the point in the season where you, you start to worry. Um, I, I saw Zach Lowe tweeted out that these are the type of games that if you do have playoff aspirations might come back to haunt you because it's a game that they should win. Uh, I had just been encouraged because it seemed like they'd they'd come on 
up on top of a lot of those games more recently, uh, especially the way that they played without AD, especially the way Boogie just kind of uh, just bullied uh, Portland, just took advantage of Myers Leonard for like the 20th time in his career. I thought that was a sign that things had changed. But honestly, when I saw Alvin's press conference, it reminded me a lot of last year. Um, and it was I thought it was completely ironic, really, that he was – complaining about his team not having composure and getting things done all while kind of not having composure. And I think it's kind of like the, the cruel joke of like their season. There's so much pressure on, there always seemed to be so much pressure on them to get it done then because every season seems like uh, the end goal is that season alone, just to make the playoffs. And I think it, I think it has an effect on guys. I, I saw last season when Drew Holiday wasn't, there to start the season they weren't winning a lot of games it seemed like there were a lot of gallows humor being thrown around uh amongst some of the staffers and i think those are the type of things when you set hard expectations for a team i think they're naturally going to butt up against them um i i like the pelican team this year but as you saw i i don't know i i think there's a, a very good chance that it can go the other way again yeah, there's definitely a lot of frustration in the city right now, uh, not just with the way things are unfolding, but really just an eight-seated finish in 2014-15 that took Kevin Durant going down and winning a tiebreaker over Russell Westbrook and then Thunder. Before that, I think it was 2010 when Chris Paul uh, was a seventh seed against the Lakers and got two games off of them. But this was a, a really excellent transition for my next question. Thank you so much for that. Uh, our editor, Ali Cosell, mentioned uh, last season that there was a similar tone. I wanted to ask you about that just wide-ranging potential met with just inconsistent production. And while attending every game last season as a member of ESPN, like you know, uh, like you said, uh, did you notice like the effort, the discipline, and missing intangibles as an ongoing problem for this current mix of personnel and coaches? And furthermore, if it is a chronic problem that can't be fixed with the current regime, do you think there's any chance that, that veterans like Rajon Rondo, Tony Allen, and Jameer Nelson can be the fulcrums for turning it around this season? Yeah, I mean, there there did seem to be a sort of Groundhog Day feel to a lot of like my time covering the team. You know, I came in the middle of two seasons ago, so pretty much right when Anthony Davis went down and got a lot of Luke Babbitt. Uh, and then ever since then, things didn't really change until Boogie got there. There was a little bit different of a vibe then. Uh, and then, you know, the the team was just too far behind in the playoff race to make a dent. And so it seemed like a lot of things kind of looping. Um, I don't know how much of that is my projection onto the team, but I think if you're Anthony Davis, if you're a super competitive guy, you're a guy who seems to be kind of erasing most of the doubts about him. Uh, you know, he had that one year where he goes down with injury. He, uh, this is following the MVP campaign where he, he kind of shot into the top five there. Uh, people then criticized his defense. They kind of knocked him for some of his effort level. I think he erased those. He goes back to all NBA status. But I think for him to kind of keep having individual successes, I think eventually that's going to run its course. And I do look at him. I don't know if he would ever say so publicly. Um, but I do wonder just how much this affects his long-term psyche. I mean, that's the big question everyone has to ask. And is constantly asking themselves about uh, going forward. So I don't know. I, I don't know how much that just kind of constant nature of, of okayness, like just really middle of the ground really kind of affects the team. Cause I mean, for me personally, it definitely did. 
Yeah, in the NBA, more so than than most other associations, and I'm thinking about football. Football, there's just such a large turnover every year between who's competing, who's in the playoffs, with the exception of somebody like the New England Patriots. In basketball, I feel like it's kind of different. You've got, like, the Celtics and the Cavaliers at the top. You've got the Rockets, the Spurs, and, uh, the, sorry, the Golden State Warriors at the top of the Western Conference. And just not a lot is happening, and we see this result, these players constantly, like, jumping ship to, to the Thunder, as Paul George and Carmel Anthony are, and forming these super teams in Minnesota at at what point do you think these guys just have to be okay with just getting to a five seed and having the opportunity to just be in that mix do you think these guys just keep jumping ship at every opportunity just to try to find that that perfect blend that teams have found in San Antonio and and ultimately at the end of the day I guess uh the the question I'll get to is do you think Boogie stays in New Orleans this year yeah, I think it, it really depends on the guys. Um, you know, the league has definitely taken actions in order to try to course correct that. They Obviously, the, uh, the incentives to keep guys like Anthony Davis for a third contract are, are better than ever before. Now, on the other hand, you saw this offseason that didn't really work out. Paul George uh, got traded. Some other guys got traded. Boogie got traded before he even got the opportunity to do so. Um, so so I do wonder if it's if individual. I think it really comes down to what that guy wants and you look at it, they're all hyper competitive guys. And it seems like the way the league is gone. If you do want to have a chance at the upper echelon, if you want to be even a Houston Rockets level, uh, just with two guys, I think it's going to take a lot. The fact that they even got DeMarcus was kind of like a, just kind of luck. I mean, the Kings really had to just completely go front, grow so frustrated with boogie that they made a, a quick rash decision to trade him around the trade deadline, even though they've been telling him uh, otherwise. And I think New Orleans has kind of found out at times, like this is why they traded him because at times Boogie has allowed his emotions to get the better of him. Uh, You know, it it really comes down to what Boogie's value is. I I think there's a possibility he might leave this off season. I I haven't really gotten a sense of where he is in, in, in just like his approach to this whole thing. Um, but there's always that worry. I, I think it would help a lot, obviously, uh, if they won the season. I think that's what it comes back to all the time with the Pelicans. All right. I got kind of dark there for a second. It's probably just the residuals of the, the Kings matchup last night and uh, Alvin Gentry's <laughs> press conference. But there are a lot of positive things to talk about. And you yourself were skeptical about Rajon Rondo going into this offseason and just his veteran leadership, as well as Jameer Nelson and Tony Allen, has really contributed to to some success in, in bench players production these past couple of weeks, specifically Etwan Moore in the past three games before this one was shooting 81 percent from three on 23 shots. Darius Miller was uh, either leading the league or close to a three-point percentage. We are seeing production from these role players. And Rajon Rondo at the helm had the guys way down in turnovers. Drew Holiday, uh, somebody we haven't even mentioned yet, Rajon Rondo called him uh, one of the best three one-on-one players in the league. I'm not sure that you would agree with that, but but he has been uh, automatic lately, um, just playing much, much better basketball. How encouraging have the Pelicans been with Rajon Rondo at the helm to you? Do you think they're becoming a better team under his leadership yeah you know I'm torn on Rondo still I think maybe because this is my initial evaluation that I've been reluctant to get off of um, I do think that he has an effect just on the way like the alchemy of the team and always I mean Anthony Davis we forget how young he is we forget how young even Boogie is and obviously with Boogie you know you need someone to kind of uh, to be his guiding light, so to speak, to kind of like get in his ear to make sure he's 
uh, focused on on some of the, the tasks at hand rather than you know those matchups with Zach Randolph and kind of uh, devolving into that whole thing. I think Rondo is great for that. I remember I don't know if it was this past game. Rondo didn't play this past game, so maybe it was the game before or even the game before that, where Rondo went over to Alvin and was like, should we get Boogie out of the game late? Because I think Boogie was starting to tie up with one of the Blazers players and David Wesley pointed it out. And he's like, that's why Rondo's so smart. That's why having Rondo on the team is so important. And I think for those reasons, I think it's great. Um, I, I think he really makes an impact that way. On the other hand, I mean, some of the advanced numbers haven't been too kind for Rondo. And I remember I, I talked to someone in the, NBA, in the NBA and they're like, yeah, I don't know if, if this is a hundred percent like a sure thing, Rondo's been playing better lately. So perhaps that's just a matter of him working his way back from the injury. Uh, but at the same time, I, I'm the jury's still out there. Uh, I do like his effect on the team, and I like some of these role players that you mentioned. I think Etwan's been really great for them. I think Darius Miller is like one of the few examples you could point to with Dell Dempson being like, "Hey, he really got that one right. That was a really good move." Uh, and even Jameer, just I think it, it shows that how much this team just needs steady hands, just needs league average replacement players to kind of work into Alvin's system. And I think you've seen the results of it. Uh, Something to one of our uh, main podcast guys, Kevin Berrios is usually on the podcast today. Wanted to ask you just from your transition to get off topic for a second from Pelican's beat writer to just NBA senior editor as a whole, uh, taking in all this information, how many games per week would you say are you capable of watching? For one team, it, it's definitely, it varies. I've been watching the Pelicans more just because even before I wrote that thing on Monday, I, I had actually been targeting writing something completely different. And then uh, AD got hurt. And, and then all of a sudden it, it turns into a different story. Uh, and so I've been watching them more. Uh, it's tough, obviously, to watch one team all the time, uh, which is why I would defer to, to you on, on some of the more nuanced topics of the Pelicans. But uh, as a whole, I'm watching the NBA more than ever. You know, it's it's funny because I got to to vote on those end of the award, uh, end of season awards last year. And like, I felt pretty knowledgeable just because like, even in my off time, I like to watch. But at the same time, like, I didn't have as thorough of an opinion on Kawhi Leonard, for instance, as I did Drew Holiday. And so there's that whole thing. I don't get to watch. I don't have like the expertise on one team that I probably once had, but at the same time, I think I feel more comfortable as a whole talking about the league. Yeah. I think Zach Lowe is probably one of the leaders in our industry and like being able to take in the most information possible. Like I feel like he probably watches three to four games per day, but there are definitely some nights where I'm like, Hey man, I just want to go on a date tonight. Like, do we have to be here sitting in front of our television 24 hours every day? But uh, it's definitely a challenge. But whenever I listen to you on group chat, uh, you guys all do a a pretty fantastic job, not only of the the association as a whole, but you always seem super dialed into what the Pelicans are doing. Like um, I'm referencing the, the top 25 players in the NBA, you guys just had this article up on Ringer, and it has DeMarcus Cousins slated ahead of Anthony Davis, but you correctly pointed out the offensive rating numbers of Anthony Davis on the floor versus off the floor. But but with that being said, we have seen uh, games like the Blazers game that you referenced. Um, and last year, like when the, the Pelicans played the Nuggets and they played the Rockets without Boogie, uh, there's something about just having one of these guys on the on the court as an alpha dog that that allows them to to beat these players. I'm I'm not necessarily saying that they're not going to get their numbers together. Uh, Ali's going to kill me for saying that these guys uh, don't need to be on the court together at all times. But what do you think about mm. 
DeMarcus Cousins, having the reins as a whole, having the freedom to make the decisions and the comfort level to know, like, I don't have to shoot this time because the ball is going to continue coming to, to me every single possession. Do you think there's any credence to that, giving the team as a whole better production without having those, I guess you would say, three alpha guys, including Drew Holiday? Yeah, I mean, with Boogie, it almost seems like it, that brings out the best and the worst of him. But at the same time, like, it seems like he's free to go and do his, his own thing. Uh, and you saw how that can work out in, in Portland, like you mentioned. I, I forgot the numbers, but he, he was just amazing. And he was amazing the other night. Um, and so I, I think it allows him to be Boogie unhinged. But then I wonder if that's necessarily what you want. Because like we mentioned uh, maybe he does get a little distracted in some of the more individual battles with like Myers Leonard, with Zach Randolph, with Kevin Durant, uh, which the photo in the back of, of the of the Smoothie King Center was just was crazy to see because I've seen that scene so many times and to see those guys fighting back there was or almost fighting or whatever it was uh, was was kind of crazy. Uh, and, and so I, I do wonder that, I mean, the one thing I had brought up when I was watching that Denver game late last season in Denver, I was traveling with the team then, and they just blew them off. The, they blew the nuggets off the floor with just Anthony Davis and playing more to uh, Alvin Gentry's strength. I, I just, you know, I don't know if it was, if it's true wholesale because we saw early in the season without Boogie, how like just a grind and a slog that offense was. But I do kind of wonder about this alternative reality still where Anthony Davis plays four or excuse me, five most of the time. And you just kind of double down on some of the more wing guys that you would expect uh, an Alvin Gentry system to kind of feature kind of being like, maybe it's solo at the four more. And then you get a Will Barton in and some of these other type of more, guys you're seeing throughout the league where guys are going smaller and, and wondering just what that would have been. I don't know. I, I don't know if that would be better, but at the very least, it's an interesting thought experiment. Yeah. And Ali will definitely argue me to death on uh, the, the Pelicans simply are better with both of their two best players on the floor. I, I think there's just inconsistency across the board, whether it's just AD or just Boogie or the two of them together, they just need to lock in and just establish some kind of rhythm. And and hopefully they'll do that in January and February when the schedule softens up a little bit. They haven't played uh, too many East. I, they're, they're somewhere in the back half of the West Western Conference in terms of games played against the East. So hopefully that'll give them the opportunity to make a little run, although the East is a little bit better this year. Uh, I just had to ask that before it slipped my mind. Let's get back to what we were talking about a second ago. Anthony Davis, uh, his injury on December 4th, your, your featured article on the ringer uh was called in the absence of anthony davis and it sort of chronicled the the struggle anthony davis has had to remain on the court now while only sustaining one major surgery he he continually is forced out of uh games with a with a wide assortment of ailments and you go into better detail on that than i can remember offhand but just several different things they're always changing you finish your article with these days being a fan of davis can feel more like a chore now, while Anthony Davis is without a top 10 talent, you guys yourself had him ranked at eight. Would you consider him to be one of the 10 most valuable players at this point, knowing his injury history history in the past and potentially going forward? Yeah, you know, I think it's a really good question. And it's something that I wrestle with. And I think you can kind of tell within the piece that I was wrestling with it myself, because I feel like we're at the point where we need to talk about his injuries, but it feels kind of gross to do so. Like to, to like question his almost manhood in the way some people do with injuries just is, is stupid. Like, and I, I hate that conversation. I hate the way that it veers toward that. And I remember Alvin Gentry every time 
anyone even brought up injuries with Anthony Davis, he would be very quick to cut them off and to steer the, the conversation elsewhere because he, he really wanted to protect his guys. But I think he kind of felt the same way. It's like, what do you want from this guy? Like, and you look at just his body, like even in the time since I, I joined the beat, like a few years ago to now, like he's a completely different, like looking player. And I think maybe some of that's just the increased facial hair and the headband and all that. But like, <laughs> he's like a, a large human now, you know, and it's, it, it's, it's amazing to see what they've done with him and, and, and what he's done. Like you can never question him, but at the same time, like if you think about his rise and, Maybe I'm a little bit farther removed because I was able to experience this. Um, I was more kind of like catching the wave as opposed to watching him from a rookie progress till now. But when he kind of popped in that playoff year, it was so thrilling because he was the first sort of unicorn uh, of his generation. He was just doing things that were amazing. I just remember like always being on Twitter late and then the league pass alert went out and you just wanted to see what this guy was doing. Uh, I think since then, it's just kind of been, you know, a little disappointment from just a fan aesthetic point of view. Uh, It just seems like his story is so much wrapped into when he's not playing, what he's not been able to do, what he's like, just not being able to bring these guys back to the playoffs. I don't even know if that's fair to critique him because then you look at what's around him. And like I said about just the, the injury issues that he's had. So there's just this push and pull with him. Uh, where I don't really know what to think about him because I think so many things about him. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the the body type because just uh, I think it was about a week ago they played a clip of his uh, classic three pointer over KD that propelled them into the playoffs in that tiebreaker, and he just looks mm-hmm. like like a different person. He looks like he's put on at least twenty five pounds. Like you said, the facial hair definitely makes him look a little bit older, but but he does <laughs> physically look so much more mature. And you guys are uh, calling him some version of the the OG unicorn or the original unicorn over at the Ringer, right. uh, which is kind of funny because I think he's only like twenty four years old so it's it's hard right. to talk about him like he's an old man and he's still not yet in his prime so uh we're, we're still thrilled to have him and hope he sticks around i want to i want to go ahead and um establish like kind of a prediction from you uh, not necessarily a prediction but but what you think the ceiling could be uh you picked the pelicans as a contender for the seventh scene on your group chat and then uh today on the top 25 uh players conversation you said as a as a top five uh potential finish being their ceilings with with all the indications seeming to point in that direction so far this season, but but we take a look at the standings and and the Timberwolves have been struggling. We've we've seen there's a there's a bit of bitterness between like uh, Jimmy Butler and Todd Gibson and and the minutes that they're playing. We see them barking at Carl Anthony Towns for for not necessarily playing defense. Um, obviously, the Nuggets have had some injury concerns. The Trailblazers. Um, I think you guys were talking about Damian Lillard just just not really asserting himself. He he seems to always light himself on fire after not being uh, put into the All Star game, and then like post February mm-hmm. he just uh, roasts the entire association on fire. But but there's just a lot of uncertainty there. There's a lot of uncertainty with the Jazz with Rudy Gobert being out of the lineup and kind of finding themselves. Uh, although Donovan Mitchell has been so exciting for them, do you think it's possible that the New Orleans Pelicans could kind of continue this? this this wave of optimism that they've established with Rajon Rondo and sneak up into like a, a potential four spot. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Uh, I, I'm still at a loss of where I actually think the Pelicans will end up here. Uh, as you, I just think there's so much variance. And I think we've seen that play out just in the first couple of months here. 
Uh, is Anthony, how many games is Anthony Davis going to miss? Uh, are the technicals going to be a factor with Boogie down the stretch? Uh, it, how much is Rajon Rondo going to play? I believe he missed last game simply because of rest, which perked my ears up a little bit. Uh, so I don't know what the necessarily the situation there, but that's something to track. Um, you know, there's, I think it's a lot of the West is just going to come down to some of those kind of Rangers and margin sort of plays, sort of games, sort of performances that we kind of referenced earlier. Uh, I would expect them to make the playoffs. On the other hand, you know, the Thunder, are we going to expect them to be languishing in the ninth seed this entire time? Uh, are the Grizzlies just completely done at this point? The, the West is so thick with competition, you do wonder. Uh, I would say if I had to project, I would expect them to be in the seventh seed, which would put them in a playoff series potentially with the Golden State Warriors again. And I think just as a fan, that's what I'm rooting for. I want to see that come full circle, and I really want to see what Boogie and AD could do against uh, just this Goliath in, in, in Golden State. Justin, thank you so much for your time. This is technically a day off for you, so I want you to have the opportunity to enjoy it. Uh, continue all your great work on the group chat. Sometimes when I when I visit or when I listen to you guys, I feel like you still kind of represent our fan base. Whenever you're talking to that group as a whole, you always have really good takes and and a pretty good pulse on where the Pelicans are, or in reference to what we think they are. I guess uh, again, you guys have been listening to Justin Barrier, senior editor of the NBA division of the Ringer, and of course, you guys can follow him at Justin Barrier if you're not already. Follow his podcast. Uh, a podcast network at the ringer there's all kind uh all sorts of stuff over there including uh the group chat which i think happens every thursday but also you can find them at random other times like today on the top 25 uh podcast that they just uh had justin you you told melissa fink of of uconn something that you said was a couple of years ago that if you don't read everything you're not a writer does that mean we can expect you to keep up with us little guys down here at the bird rights <laughs> you know, it's funny, like you, you write what you know, right? Uh, and I think it's the same thing when it comes to the Pelicans. Like I, I'm far away and I have the opportunity to, to watch every team, but I still find myself gravitating back to it. But, uh, you know, you guys were always supportive of what I did when I was down there. I'm, I'm super appreciative of, of that uh, still. And, you know, I, I definitely check in from time to time. And one more thing, uh, uh, I think the end of that article said, and for the aspiring sports writers, just a bit of advice that you were giving them, you're not Bill Simmons, be yourself. How funny is it that you gave that interview <laughs> three years ago and now you find yourself working for him? Yeah, I, I still think that's true, though. <laughs> you know, everyone wants to be Bill Simmons, but uh, you just be the best you can be. That's, that, that's my advice. Hey, best wishes to you, man, uh, and your staff, all you guys. Uh, love taking in your work. Happy holidays, man. Enjoy your, your first one in Los Angeles. Thanks, man. You too. All right, that's it, you guys. Thank you again for tuning into the Bird Calls podcast. We are well on our way to 100,000 downloads in our first season, but we can always use your help. Please retweet, share with your friends, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Now, we'll be back on Monday recapping the week's events, including the 76ers matchup with Joel Embiid, who it was just announced is not going to play against the Cavs. They're saving him for the Pelicans. Good for us. Uh, and we'll be back on that one with Ali and Kevin. And as always, you can catch our show bi-weekly on Nothing But Net Network on Dash Radio on Sunday. Sundays and Wednesdays. But for now, hey, let's go, pals.
Thanks for listening to the Bird Rights on Nothing But Net Network here on Dash Radio. Now, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Bird Rights NBA Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at The Bird Rights for all the best coverage on the Pels. And if you really like the show and you want to show us even more love, give us a rating and review on iTunes by searching The Bird Rights. Your support has gotten us up to 45,000 downloads thus far, a spot on Nothing But Net Radio here on the Dash, and a feature on the front page of Blog Talk Radio. Now, we'll be with you guys all season, keeping you up to date on all the latest news on your favorite team. Let's go, pals! Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on condo insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you took minimalism too far because there's only one chair in your entire condo and your only entertainment is one card. Not even a deck of cards, but a single card. And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance. Summer fun is right on track. Because Thomas and all his friends are rolling into Roaring Camp Railroads. Full steam ahead. And he's going to have all kinds of activities to choose, choose, choose from. So check on down to Roaring Camp, July 26th through August 4th. You won't want to miss Thomas.